Thank you for tuning into Kineticast. I'm your host, Bo Sauls. Today, we have Dr. Sivak Kodabakshian, the inventor and creator of the IntelliRoll. The IntelliRoll has two curves on each side and a spot for the spine to go through, so you can access more parts of the body, like the TFL, glute med, medial hamstring, and you can roll the lumbar spine as well. Dr. K talks about what motivated him to create a roller that is spine-specific, but ended up having more applications, theories on spinal health, and we talk about how you can track and show change from rolling using Kineticense. For more information on Kineticense, go to kineticense.com. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe on the podcast app after the episode. Here's episode 11, taking control of your spinal health with the IntelliRoll and Dr. Sivak Kodabakshian. Today, we have Dr. Sivak Kodabakshian, president of Omega Rehab and Sport and creator of the IntelliRoll. Dr. K, thank you for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So I want to start off by saying in no way is this paid. I reached out to Dr. K. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the IntelliRoller itself. I think it has a lot of abilities in uh, clinic and sport and a lot of different applications. I was really blown away. I've used a lot of foam rollers myself, uh, working with a lot of patients, doing a lot of active rehab. So it was cool to see a, a roller that hit different spots. But Dr. K, uh, could you describe the IntelliRoll and kind of tell us how it came to be? Sure. I think, you know, without people seeing it, the best way I can describe it, it looks like an hourglass. So <laughs> yeah. instead of the traditional straight edges, it has two concave areas, two curved areas, and then a central area that we call the spine zone that is a, a, a notch for the spine or a channel, if you will, for the spine. And the way it came about is I got into the practice of chiropractic through a traumatic injury that I had while surfing when I was 19 years old, and I compressed my uh, vertebrae at the bottom of my neck. Mm. And I was temporarily paralyzed, and then, thank God, I didn't actually uh, sever my cord or had any permanent damage, but I did get permanent compression of my vertebrae. So I've always had to learn to manage my own spine. And so then yeah. as I, as I uh, got into practice, one of the things that kept coming up repeatedly is this concept of getting patients the ability to take care of their own spine. And because I had to take care of my own spine, I knew intimately that I needed to make that part of their regimen for me to be successful. So long story short, the the, intel, the traditional foam rollers didn't provide access to the spine. Right. So I started researching and looking around and I found a few foam rollers that actually had a notch for the spine, but they were either too wide or too narrow or the the width was too big and additionally they the rest of the design didn't have a curve so the curve creates a space for the shoulder blades to allow access to the paraspinal muscles particularly between the neck and the mid back so that area where the shoulder blades are is very difficult to access and that also happens to be the hinge point where we all bend right as you know so and, and me having had that traumatic injury to my neck, that was my problem area as it is in most patients. Yeah. So long story short, we, we took a trip, me and uh, a, an engineer took a traditional foam roll and then we cut it into a design that provided access not only to the paraspinal muscles by way of a spinal notch with the proper width and dimensions, but we also added these curves to provide a space for the shoulder blades. What we came to discover is that the curved area also provides more surface area contact when you use it anywhere else on your body. So since our limbs and torsos are round, 
when you put it against a concave surface, you distribute pressure over more area, so it reduces the guarding response. So it's much more comfortable. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've yeah, I was able to meet you in San Francisco and got to use the roller, and I got one of those. And I mean, man, I I it went to Germany with me, <laughs> and uh, right when I got off the plane, awesome. I, I'm telling you, I've done a I've foam roll about every day normally, and I usually don't get I'll say the popping in your thoracic spine as much. And as soon as I start using right. the Intella roller, I get it every time. Awesome. Yeah, that was the idea, to, to be able to release pressure in the joints as well as mobilizing the soft tissue. Yeah, and definitely with the, I mean, it almost seems like there's an increased density right on the sides of the spine to really hit those erectors and start to loosen them up, as well as your rhomboids. Like, my rhomboids really get hit whenever I'm rolling out my thoracic spine. I love it. Yeah, yeah that, that for me was, you know, the, the big picture for me, having been in practice for 18 years, you know, I really started thinking about spine care like brushing our teeth you know because spine care is still so in its infancy really i mean we, we've made a lot of strides in terms of understanding the spine but in terms of public awareness and um integration into our daily lives it's still at its infancy yeah for sure and you talked about your injury that caused you to get kind of on this path wow so what happened did you you did you go off on the board did you hit reef what did you do yes <laughs> I didn't hit a reef. Okay. <laughs> I, I hit a shallow sandbar. Uh, yeah. In fact, I, I have a picture of it that sits right above my desk. So I, I look at it and I remind myself every day how uh, fortunate I am to be alive. But yeah. anyway, I, I wrote this, you know, it turns out, you know, a lot of the traumatic injuries in surfing actually happen when the waves really aren't that big, when the water is, and more importantly, when the water is shallow. shallow so anyway, yeah. I, I rode a wave and uh, I was 19. So I was uh, you know, full of pride and, and dumb. <laughs> and so I dove off my board. You never dive off your board, but I, I had a buddy on the picture on the on the beach taking pictures. Hence, why I have a picture of myself literally moments before I dove off my board. Yeah. And I dove off my board in a really shallow water, and I hit my head on the sandbar, and it compressed the cord. I'm not sure if I dislocated my facet joints, um, but I think that's a very real possibility. So. Anyway, I, as uh, what happened is my I went into full clonus. My my arms curled up. And I couldn't move my feet. Couldn't move my arms. I was laying on my back. There was just enough water where it was covering. It wasn't totally covering my face. My nose was out of the water, so I could breathe. But I I was completely aware. I couldn't move at all. So, um, uh, you know, that's the first time I said, "Please God, don't let me be paralyzed." Yeah. No, man. That's and, that's a tough uh, situation. Yeah, thankfully, I you know I didn't have anything fractured, but I got you know I, I just kind of got the notion that I should pull my head. Of course, when you have a traumatic head injury, you never do anything; you stabilize and transport. But right. you know, thankfully, I just reached back and and um, I could move. I started to move my fingers just enough, so I knew I wasn't fully paralyzed. But <clears throat> my arms, were, my elbows are still completely uh, locked. Yeah, and I just I could reach my fingers far enough behind my head where I just grabbed the back of my head and I pulled it forward and. Um, multiple segments went like this, just popped, and my arms open. Yeah, wow. So whatever pressure was on the cord came off, and I was able. My feet started moving, and after that, I had I had I had a lot of headaches, um, headaches and neck pain, and I had a series of chiropractors come into my life, really by fate, and um, they I, I learned about chiropractic. I I really had never met. A chiropractor. I didn't know anything about chiropractic. Yeah. 
they introduced themselves as doctor. And to that day, my only experience was with medical doctors. And they proceeded, they, I, I, you know, so I was a, I was a uh, poor college student. So I was like, hey, doc, you know, I got this <laughs> neck pain. Can you help me? Yeah. <laughs> and so they um, tested me. And then they said, well, let me provide a treatment. And it was so uncanny. But these, these two chiropractors came in my life in close succession and they both provided these adjustments and my uh, function started to restore. I had less pain, I could move my head, they gave me some exercises to do. Awesome. And um, yeah, one of them introduced me to uh, foam rolling. Yeah. And it was a traditional foam roller and I started using it mostly for stretching my chest out. So traditionally foam rolls were, were largely used lengthwise to open up the chest. Yeah. You know, just lay uh, parallel to the spine, stretch the chest out. And then after chiropractic school, I worked with Dr. Mark Eastland uh, of the Moore Clinic in San Jose. And, and Mark is a great educator. And he started showing me how to do thoracic mobility, putting the foam roll perpendicular to the spine. Yeah. And and, and it took me a while, but I just couldn't get into the neck. And that's where, where the IntelliRoll came about. Yeah, I mean that's that's right. I'm sure that uh, when they introduced you to a foam roller, they didn't expect you to go make your own version of it <laughs> or make a better version. No, I, I don't expect they did. But one of my <laughs> um, one of my uh, classmates told me a story recently. He said that I told him this was early on in our career. I said to him, you know, I think these foam rollers are going to put us out of business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, turns out I was wrong, but. Um, I, I do, and we'll never be out of business because obviously people need care right. and they need guidance. So, you know, that's where the professional help certainly doesn't replace. No, not at all. Tell it, it never will. Human touch and the human uh, guidance will never replace what we do, but it, it, it's a, it's, it provides a better access to and an easier means of getting to the spine. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to think that people will probably end up doing more of their rehab. And when, like, that's the thing that you really want to get people better. You get them to do their rehab at home. And that's that's when you start to see these big gains of people healing faster, feeling better and all this stuff. You, it's just getting them to do it. And I think the foam roller that's specific and hits more areas of the body easier to use and quickly to use. Because I actually looked up some stuff, too. I went on to Science for Sports. Uh, and they do a lot of different articles on stuff. And they pulled up one on foam rolling. And um, it showed that improvement on mobility lasts for 10 minutes just for like an acute roll, like rolling session. But if it's performed on a regular basis, it's proven to increase long-term flexibility. So there's a lot of like studies out there right now saying the, uh, whether you should foam roll or not. But we have plenty of third-party studies that say that this is going to increase mobility. It's going to increase performance. It's going to increase flexibility. And if someone has an easy way to do that, and I believe also it was uh, doing just 20 Rolls is about uh, 20 seconds of rolling is about the same of doing 60 seconds of rolling. So if you do that, that's really easy, and people start to take care of their own healthcare or take at least take control of their healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. I, there are you're right to point out that there are studies that have shown like the speed doesn't make that big of a difference. They've, there was one that showed that the density didn't make that big of a difference in the outcome. They all had positive outcomes, but the the density or the speed and and apparently the time i didn't know about the time one. i'd love to see that study yeah for sure doesn't make a huge, we we do encourage people to to do it for 30 because a lot of the studies were showing 30 to 90 seconds were showing comparable right. studies i wasn't aware of the 20 second one i'd love to see that 
which is even better. Heck, you know, the shorter <laughs> time, the better. The slower you do it, the better you're, you're able to tune into yourself. Um, so, it, and, and slowing down also, we recommend people connect with their breath. So you do it slowly with deep breathing in an effort to tune into what's happening with yourself. And in so doing, you're able to connect with that part of the unconscious nervous system, the parasympathetic, to restore mobility, to, to, to engage with the healing part of our subconscious mind, because we're already so doing things in such high speed, right. we see it as a meditation, if you will, yeah. to taking care of our, ourselves. Well, I'm kind of glad you talked about the breathing too, because we had Patrick McGowan from the Oxygen Advantage, and he was just talking about just postural changes and just different changes to the body, just from nasal breathing and breathing through the diaphragm and breathing deep. And I really do believe that doing that's going to activate your core, your deep core, pelvic floor, everything like that while you're rolling. So you're actually getting a core workout. So whenever I have patients roll, I'm actually having them do like planks and do a really, really good form on the rolling. I know you're supposed to do that anyway, but I really do think we're getting more core activation and glute activation as they're rolling. So now they're starting to stabilize their core as they're starting to get that neuromuscular change uh, in, the, in their tissue as well. It's a really great added benefit, you know, you're, you're point, well to point that out, you know, it's um, especially because most of it is done, you know, in a supine position where you're having to, you know, bridge to a certain extent and it does, there is a lot of core activation that happens. Yeah. And because the time is short, you know, it's, it, uh, we, we never talk about it in terms of it being core training, but there is definitely that added, added value. Yeah, for sure. And um, didn't you have a, an athlete that you used to retrain their core? You actually used a roller to retrain, correct? You know, I've used it with a lot of different athletes to re retrain their core. But, um, you know, we, we have one particular athlete that went on. He's actually um, an ambassador for us uh, who had spondylolisthesis at all five levels of his spine. Wow. Uh, Michael Streck Woodard. And so, yeah, we did a lot of stabilization work with him where he would use the Intel roll. He's still using it today, so he's um, he's a great example of that. But yeah, it's it's mostly we use it for soft tissue, but there is there's more and more people using it for stabilization work. Yeah, no, for sure. Also, back to uh, science of sports. Recent years, there hasn't been a lot of evidence on like its effects on DOMS, but now we have a little bit showing that the foam rolling will actually reduce the sensation of DOMS after a workout. Yes. So if you're, you're right. if you're reducing DOMS and you're reducing that sensation, the theory from science of sports, at least, for sports at least, was uh, if you're reducing that sensation, then you should be able to go through more ranges of motion and perform better, which in theory to me makes sense too because I know when I'm sore or I'm hurting, I'm not doing the movements as well as I normally would do. And, and it's, you know, paradoxically, when you, when you have the delayed onset soreness, you're you're sore, so yeah. you're, <laughs> it, it hurts more to foam roll, right. um, and so for that reason, you know, I, I really want to bring attention to the fact that the curved surface area distributes this pressure over more, more of your body's area that you're lying on, so there's, there's less stimulation of the pain sensors, and so for that reason, you get less guarding, and it's more efficient and more comfortable. And, you know, that study that said that the three densities of, of rollers didn't make a big difference was really validating in our approach in that throughout the time that I was referring people to do foam rolling, the consistent response I would get is uncomfortable. Yeah. And so if it's uncomfortable, they're less likely to do it. 
It's right. just, it, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. So, you know, so that I think it does go a long way. You don't have to suffer through pain to get the benefit of foam rolling. Right. And I think you'll have the different types of patients too, because I mean, for me personally, I'm dense. Give me the dense one all the way. I want the, the hardest foam roller you got. And then I have, I know plenty of patients that'll do the soft roller, but I, like you're talking about, I've seen gains in thoracic mobility. I have seen the difference in that. And we've actually seen some of it with just using rolling and like the kineticense running through cams. We've done functional movement assessments and seen that the thoracic spine now is actually getting into that extension that we want, not being so stuck in that kyphotic curve or heavy kyphotic curve. And then uh, with the posture, you can actually do a 3D posture and get their joints from overhead. So uh, like five, however, however long you're going to roll, I usually have like people do about 10 times up and down as one on each area. So probably about the same length of time that you're doing. But yeah. Um, you have them do a posture before and after. You can actually show the changes posturally and how their frontal plane levels out and how the transverse plane, the joints stack back up. And I mean, that's just from five minutes of foam rolling. You can sh see how the whole day is going to change. So I really try to get people to use these in the morning. I love that. It's, and it's encouraging to hear that the, the studies are starting to show more long-term effect because a lot of the early um, researchers we're arguing, well, the, the results are really short term, but it's, it's just like in practice, you know, you don't do trigger point on a person one time yeah. and then they're, they're fixed because they're going to go right back to the activities in their, in their life and all the mechanical factors that are putting their spine into the positions that are causing those trigger points in the first place or the loss of mobility in the thoracic spine. So it is a, it is a mindset of, of doing it consistently. Um, and so I've, you know, about 10 years ago, I started terming, uh, coining the term spine flossing because I, I wanted patients to think about an activity that they already did right. and do it consistently. Um, and if there's one thing that I would encourage anybody listening to think about in terms of spinal health, it is that thoracic mobility. Yeah. You know, we lose it because of the, uh, the, the relationship with the rib cage is that area is just, inherently less mobile than the rest of the spine and as it, our center of gravity shifts forward then all the domino effects of the compensatory patterns with the neck and the back ensue yeah so for sure and then you got to think like sitting and the the texting working at desks all the stuff of sitting in a car playing games all the stuff that uh, we do all day now all the sitting that's just going to compact and compound on that curve that's why the foam rolling is so big for that because I, I recommend people that work at a desk that are having back pain and neck pain and shoulder pain bring a foam roller to work and then just roll like for a minute or two in between like every 20 to 30 minutes and i promise you you'll see some differences and some changes yeah it's it's just a matter of getting um people to see it as a um as a lifestyle and because right now the the cue is going to be pain yep for the you know so i think if we can get the cue to be you know end of your morning or end of your day before you go to bed where we're just like with brushing our teeth our cue is you know morning and night so at least you know, they're recovering from that little bit that we all inherently lose from our day-to-day -day activities. I mean, the chiropractor and the foam roller is just is just like the dentist and the toothbrush. I mean, you go see your dentist, and but you still brush your teeth in between before you see him. It's not like you don't brush your teeth until you see your dentist again. So you want a foam roll before you see your chiropractor again. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you how excited that makes me that you say that because... <laughs> 
I, I literally I wrote an article many years ago. Look to the, the dental care as a model for spinal care. And I think if we can really see that, you know, it wasn't, you know, dentists a hundred years ago, you probably know this, dentists a hundred years ago used to only pull our, pull your rotten teeth. Yep. That's That was their role until I think it was Pepsodent that changed the industry because they showed people the value of prevention. And so I, I do really believe that spinal care has to go in that direction. It's still the third highest uh, cost to the U.S. taxpayer in terms of uh, of healthcare expenditures. Yeah, um, musculoskeletal so, injuries are number one. So I mean, that's that's what keeps people from working too. Yes, you know, and and I know there's a lot of interest out there on on how to reduce these these costs and the loss of productivity, and you know, there's so many other factors that come along with it. And uh, you and I, you have both seen, you know, the the fallout of somebody going down a wrong path from a simple back strain you know I, i've been right. a, I, I used to be a qme i'm not anymore but a qualified medical evaluator in the in the workers compensation system and I, I can't tell you repeatedly how many times i've seen a simple back strain turn into a three-year chronic pain situation yeah. because you know the simple things that were necessary for that person to understand how to take care of their own spine wasn't emphasized and and the doing and and the, the providers you know the the provider when the provider sees their job as strictly providing this service but doesn't have a connection to the long term health and there's a there's a disconnect for the patient because they aren't empowered to to take charge of their own health. Yeah, and I think that's key. Though. So it, kind of what we've been getting hitting on here is the empowering that patient, getting them to take care of their own health. I mean. Kairos, we can we can do whatever we tell everyone every day, like, hey, you need to do this, you need to do this. But until people will actually start taking, being proactive, and being instead of being reactive, which you talked about, waiting before pain or waiting for pain before uh, foam rolling, was the same thing with Kairos. It's uh, usually people wait until uh, they have pain to go see them. But we want you to be proactive. We want you to be doing things that are going to reduce the risk of in- injury. And we want you to be consistently taking care of your health because. We know that uh, mo- movement of joints is what brings in nutrients to the joint, and that's how a joint stays healthy. But if you're locking these joints down and they're not getting good motion, that's how you're going to get degeneration of joints and different things like that. And you don't want those long-term processes to become with just a simple fix like foam rolling in the morning at night. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to prevent degeneration or anything like that, but I'm saying it will help if you're getting your joints to move properly and bring nutrients into the joint. No, I, I think I think the I think we if there were. You know, the thing about studies is that, you know, we know kind of ahead of time because we experience it firsthand. And then, you know, we go through this process of, of having to validate that through uh, whether retrospectively or through these studies. And I think the time will come. That That's my desire. I really uh, want to do a study on that, um, you know, where if we were to just expine with, you know, slow, gentle extension to restore the mobility in there, you know, and then follow those people, what would happen, you know, and, and I, I would bet that it would reduce degeneration. Yeah. Uh, we just can't say it because we don't know for a fact, but, um, and people may argue that there's a lot of other factors and there are certainly you know, sure. lifestyle and body weight and uh, positionally, there's a lot of different factors. But what if, you know, we, we certainly know, as an example, you know, brushing your teeth certainly slows down decay. Right. Um, so I do think there's a parallel there that would be well to, to explore. But, you know, my, my personal experience in having to 
deal with my own spinal issues brought about the the need to be preventative you know because right. I, I didn't want to be uh, and as much as I have have uh, personally and and um, both in my career benefited tremendously from having been treated by chiropractors and, and have seen my own uh, the value in my own career obviously being a chiropractor yeah. um, I wanted to be empowered to take care of my own spine and, and I think that's what the consumer wants yeah I'll, like I said obviously with something that's like the Intella role where it's going to hit different areas of the body now uh, let's talk about that really quick before we finish up too um, with the different curves you can actually hit TFL and glute med pretty well correct what are the different areas that seem to hit a little bit better for you so thank you for asking that. You know, one of the, the key areas is the low back, the paraspinal muscles. Um, you know, traditionally it's been frowned upon to roll the low back because the the primary position is in a full supine position. When you go into the lumbar area, you're having to do a lot of bracing. There's nothing. You know, it's it's not an it's not a even on a traditional foam roller or on the intellural for the, that matter. It's not a contraindication to to roll that area out using strictly the same way you would your thoracic spine that is completely in a supine position yeah uh, but what it does is it, it causes a lot of abdominal activation and so you're really there's a lot of core activation and so you're really not relaxing the body enough to get into those areas yeah so what we discovered is that with the curved area in a side approach with the elbow down just like you would you know your it band mm -hmm. you can roll right onto your low back no, so nice. that's an area that was really uh, exciting. Um, there's also you can also you, because of the curve, you can use the outer edge to hook around the ASIS, the anterior superior iliac, to access the psoas, yep. and um, you can dig right into it. And so it just provides an easier access point to those areas. The the upper traps, okay, that that's probably the biggest one that you can upper trapezius, rhomboids, uh, middle traps, where on a traditional foam roller, it runs into the shoulder blades. And you yeah. can't get into there. You can roll right onto your neck. Um, so those are the, the, the areas that really you're able to access. Um, and, and more importantly, it's way more efficient because it's distributing, it's contacting multiple muscle groups at once. So you're, you're uh, releasing uh, twice the muscle in half the time. Yeah. So from an efficiency standpoint, you know, it's really hard to get a lot covered when you're rolling on a straight edge or for that matter, like, like the massage balls, though they're, they're great for pinpoint work. You know, our concept was just more of a general shock and approach cover as much tissue tissue as you can in as short a period of time as you can and have the comfort to be able to do it consistently or, or encourage consistent use. Yeah. You know, well, and then like you're saying, like I haven't done the actual like sideline uh, low back one for the lumbar, but I have done it for just doing regular seated, lifting myself up for medial hamstring. Just rolling my hamstrings like that, it just lit up my medial hamstring. That was great. I have a hard time hitting medial hamstring on a foam roller, and it, it's a hard position to be in. You really got to cross your leg, get into the right spot to do it properly, and then to even floss the muscle. I was able to just sit on top of that thing and just start rolling, and it just it, it did exactly what I wanted it to. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank man. Thank you. Thank you. I love to hear that. The hamstrings, as we know, is so important for hip hinging. And so, yeah, that was one of the other areas that we, we, we are so fond of and uh, promoting because it's, it's so important for the health of the spine. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to start uh, incorporating the Intella role with patients. And I'm what I'm gonna what I want to do is I'm gonna start doing functional tracking with cams and like getting their overall functional scores, and then having them use their roller for a specific amount of times, different days with different patients and track see who has the most benefit and who has the least. Because what we'll be able to see is not everybody needs as much central nervous system input as other people, and some people need more. So you can actually start to scale to see. What is the right amount for you? What's the right amount for you? What is helping you functionally the most and helping you move the best? So there's pretty cool applications there for the combination of the two, and I'm excited to mess around with that. Yeah, thank you and for pointing that out because uh, the, the apparently the the science behind it is it's more of a neurologic response that's happening. You know, keeping that the pathways open when we do work on restricted tissue, it's allowing the area to relax. By, by getting that stimulus to the brain and back and telling the body that, hey, you know what, it's, it's okay to let this go. Yep. So, you know, I'm glad you pointed that out. Mm. We did create a back program with it too. So, as you know, I'd like, love to just plug that for a quick second. So there's a 10-minute yeah. back program on, that comes with the product. It's a, just a simple 10-minute program routine, we like to call it, so that people get into a routine of it that releases pressure in all the areas where pressure naturally builds called the pressure release flow. And it's on the website um, under an area called the Body Fix University. That's awesome, yeah. yeah, I mean, for education for anybody who wants to take care of their own spine on a consistent basis. I'm always looking for professional education for people because, I mean, you can go anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, anything like that, and you're going to find just anybody talking about how to roll and the best way to tape or the best way to treat and all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be part of that. I want to have, I want to have someone that created something like you, that would be a great thing to look at for, for back health. Yeah, of course, doc. I mean, I got to meet you and talk to you and we got to like share some stories and talk about different theories and stuff. And I really do like all of your theories and I think you're doing really, really good things out in California. So I mean, it was just, thank you for coming on and joining us today, man. That was awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. And actually in Southern California, when we met in San Francisco, we were at that fitness conference, I think. Yeah, for sure. So where are you located? We're in Thousand Oaks. So Thousand Oaks is uh, just north of Los Angeles in Ventura County. Oh, okay. I got you. So you were up at the convention like we were then. That's right. Awesome. Well, Doc, again, thanks for coming on, um, and thank you for sharing. We'll, I'll try to get some of those different articles that you had as well, and I'll try to get some of those posted to the uh, podcast under the comments or under the description so that listeners can access those as well. Yeah, I have them in a, in a PowerPoint, so I'll send those over to you. Awesome. Thanks, Doc. We'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Episode 11 with Dr. K. We talk about getting people to take control of their spinal health and use the reference of dentists recommending you use a toothbrush in between visits. Dentistry has done a very good job at getting people to brush their teeth and worry about their dental health. Chiros need to do a better job of getting people to roll their spines and worry about their spinal health in between visits. And just like your dentist would recommend a toothbrush, I think Chiros should recommend specific foam rollers to their patients and I will start recommending the IntelliRoll. If you or anyone you work with is having trouble being consistent with rolling, use cams or the posture module to show the difference that you're making. Sometimes it's hard to realize where you were and where you are now, but it's very easy to see on Kineticense. It will help patients and clients see the importance of the rehab, it can help train proper form, and you can track their progression of function with what program you've implemented.
On the next episode, we have Dr. Jay Greenstein on to talk about importance of technology in a business and practice. Dr. Greenstein is the CEO of Kaizo Health and Kaizo Innovation and also talks about some of the other technologies he has implemented, including cloud-based EHR, the Woodwave treadmill, VR, and telehealth. For more information on Kineticense, the 3D functional movement screening technology, visit kineticense.com where you can schedule a free online demo. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us some positive feedback and hit the subscribe button. I'm Bo Sauls, and let's keep learning about movement, performance, and rehab together. 